This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Odson Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Premier. Eric Scopel is with me as always. When is the best date to start college football this season with all everything that's going on around us? There's a ton of models that are out there. Eric and I are going to kind of discuss some of them that we know are being discussed and give our own opinion of which option we like the best, all coming up on the Odds and Audibles podcast. First, though, I want to remind you guys that if you are not a VIP subscriber, you can be for as low as $1. Just $1 gets you your first month of a VIP membership, and then it's $9.95 thereafter that. You get inside scoop recruiting news. You get team news. You get access to insiders like myself, Eric, Kevin Wade, other regional and national guys within the 24-7 Sports Network. You get to read all the content across the entire 24-7 Sports Network as well, not just our stuff, but everybody's. And that can be yours for the first month or for just as low as $1 and then $9.95 thereafter that. All right, Eric. Uh, during a webinar with Mario Cristobal and two other Pac-12 coaches that the Pac-12 put on, uh, and they did this for every other, all the other nine coaches in the Pac-12 as well throughout the week last week. And one of the popular topics was, when do you start football? What would be ideal? And I don't know if anyone really necessarily gave out uh, definitive questions. Um, Kyle Whittingham did throw out the idea that the conference is considering playing a conference-only schedule. And, you know, there, we, we do know that's one of the options. We know that there are a bunch of other options and models that are being, you know, discussed and you know, work through and trying to figure out which one the the conference and college football as a whole should be doing. You know, Mario Cristobal said that I, I'm going to paraphrase his quote is that there's a lot of options and we're preparing for all of them and that they're just basically waiting to, to figure out, you know, to find out which option is, has been selected and then they just go from there. Um, let's go through the list here of ones that we know are, are on the table and, and and that seem to have the most traction. And it starts with you start on time, and meaning football is played in September, and if you as a conference can't get in at that time frame, you're left out, and fans are there. I, I think obviously this one um, would be the most ideal situation yeah. Uh, just because it, it, there's no change. But I also don't know, Eric, like, the real, you know, the realistic probability of this actually happening isn't very high. Doesn't feel that way, especially based upon what state legislators have been saying, you know, in Oregon and California, other parts of the, you know, I know Arizona, I think, is a little bit more, uh, open. Moving towards opening or getting to that point right now, or maybe they've even started that process. But you're right; I don't think it feels particularly likely based upon what we've we've been hearing, what's been said over the last couple of weeks. Um, 
you know, certainly Kate Brown saying that the month of September would not be a month where Oregon, Oregon State could host full college football games in their stadiums. Um, that certainly makes it unlikely that that one is really all that much of a possibility in terms of fans being there. But it's also the reality is it's still May and there's a bunch of months until the season is set to actually start. So maybe things change, but I think everyone's in agreement that this is what everybody wants the case to be. I mean, everybody wants it to go back to normal. Um, I think if you were to have that first fall in September and, you know, the autumn is packed and, you know, this follows months of what has been really kind of strange, difficult times with, with this pandemic, I think that would be such a special, beautiful thing for all of these communities around the country. But I don't think that unfortunately feels particularly realistic. So, um, I, obviously we both like that one, but I think that one is one that you probably say, you'd love to have, but probably won't be the case. Now, there also is the start on time without fans and eventually come back. And and this kind of goes in line with what here locally in the state of Oregon, the Oregon Governor Kate Brown said two weeks ago uh, was that events scheduled through the month of September should either be canceled or heavily modified if they were expecting to have fans in attendance or an audience is what she said. And this would include Oregon football and heavily modified, you know, is a very open door answer here, but um, that, that could mean going from 59,000 fans to 20,000 fans, or that could mean uh, even lower of 59,000 fans to 5,000 fans inside Austin stadium. And I, I think this is probably the option that I feel like fans will eventually come back, um, into the, into the stadiums and the season will start on time. And it's probably one of the more popular ones, but I don't know if it necessarily is the best one because Ohio State, Oregon, I mean, that was a game that's meant to be played in front of fans. Like yeah. if, if you're if you're playing a bunch of cupcake games where it's literally just getting live reps and notching a victory into the win column so that you're bowl eligible, those games I think Oregon fans, I think Auburn fans, I think Alabama fans, Ohio State fans, Clemson fans, and, and no offense to those other schools, but when they're by games, the games that you're you're paying another school for a victory, those are the games that fans are okay missing. And when you start talking about a conference game or when you start talking about a, you know, a once in a decade type game like Oregon, Ohio State, I'm not necessarily on board with this option either. Yeah, it's a complicated one. Um, part of me would of course be really excited just to have football games, you know, back at the same time in September. There's a certain level of habit of when September starts, it's the start of football season. It would feel like something in the world was kind of aligned properly. Um, if, if there were games, um, and then of course there'd be that realization of, oh, there are no fans, which you were just stating and how weird that would be and how that would, I think, really remove a lot of the luster for what we've called this podcast a couple times, which I think it is, is just the, on paper, the best non-conference schedule Oregon has ever put together. Um, is, you know, you've got, you've got, it's not just Ohio State, you play the reigning FCS national champions and you play Hawaii, who beat a couple of Pac-12 schools last year. I mean, these were going to be, Game season ticket holders were really excited to go watch. So, yeah, I think that one would really sting in terms of not having fans there from a, a fan perspective, from a just overall enjoyment of the atmosphere perspective. I'm sure the players would much rather play 
especially a game like against Ohio State with 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 their fan support behind them. I think it would be really weird to play in a mostly quiet stadium. So, um, and the other part of this that gets me concerned is we say and eventually fans come back. Well, we don't know exactly when that is. And so, do we start a season in September thinking that in October the fans are back? But then by October it's like, well, actually fans can't come back. And then November comes up, and well, fans aren't ready yet. And then you get one or two home games at the very end of the season, where you have fans watching. Um, I mean, that's the other thing I'd be concerned about is just because we're saying there's no fans in September doesn't mean we're saying there can be fans in October and November. So maybe it is better off to to start a season later, which is of course what a couple of these other possible uh, models are as well. Another option that's out there is starting the season with fans. But the season ends at a later date, meaning you're starting the year late and you're starting the the season and the, the end of the season ends later. So, for instance, let's just say for schematics and make things simple, um, the entire schedule is played as it's normally played. But maybe instead of it being played in the start of September, we wait until October and the month of October is filled with non-conference games. You've got the month of November being your first full month with all conference games. You've got December being your second full month of all conference games. And then January being a a month where you've got the conclusion of the regular season. You're seeing the conference, you know, the conference championship games being played. And then eventually maybe in early February, the start of the bulls uh, and and the college football playoff. But uh, it, it certainly would overlap with, two different terms uh, academically, um, which normally isn't the case for football. Uh, it would also overlap the winter break uh, where colleges are shut down and, you know, the, will, will the students be still in town to, to attend games as fans? Will college athletes appreciate being told that, you know, they're in the regular season for Christmas, but they don't get to go home like they normally do? Um, or, or, uh, what's what's the fan experience going to be like in January uh, or in December in Austin? Like uh, it's certainly probably not going to be the worst thing out there in the world for a USC, a UCLA, a Clemson, an LSU, an Alabama, but teams like Oregon, teams like Washington, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, you know, these are all teams that are being viewed as some of college football's better teams next season and their Decembers, which will have the regular season are significantly worse from a weather standpoint than some of their counterparts. Oh, there's no question about that. And the other thing, and we talked about this on a podcast on Monday that just scares me about starting a season any later is, is does that mean everybody else is talking is, is starting at the same time or are you playing it as it set, you know, all of a sudden is the schedule like, weirdly warped and it doesn't align and does that have implications for postseason play? Um, those are things that we'd you'd also have to consider. Um, I, I think this one, and again, you're you're being optimistic that you put it back a month and fans are, are back fully. I don't know if we know that one way or the other. I think there's a, a lot to be desired in terms of that information and that's no one's fault because there's a lot of projecting going on right now and that's what we're doing right now in this podcast, but um, I think if, if 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 this is the scenario where you started October first, fans are 100% back. There's no more concerns. Then yeah, sign me up for this one. If everybody else is on accordance with it, and you've got all the other conferences 
you know, you know, if, if it's as simple as you just pick everything up, you move it back a month. I know there are implications on the back end there in terms of you're overlapping with a bunch of different stuff, but this one makes it is probably the mo- most palatable one. Of, if you could just put it back, start everything October first. I know you have some probably pretty, pretty crummy home atmospheres for some football games at the end of the season that are going to be important games, but at least you're playing a full season and the competitive balance feels like it still remains intact, which is something I would be concerned about potentially with with a couple of these. Two more models that we're going to discuss, plus our preferred choice from Eric and myself, coming up next here on the Austin Novels Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, welcome back to the Odds and Audibles podcast. Matt Frame, Eric Scopel on the show as always. And we're discussing multiple models that we're seeing that's been thrown out there for when college football starts. And maybe we should have started this with the caveat first and foremost. If there's going to be a late start or a delayed start, or if the season starts off in 2021 or early 2021, is this just the Pac-12? Is this yeah. the Big Ten in the Pac-12? Is this everybody? And I think that question is the underlying question before any of these other scenarios, all of these scenarios get discussed is this has to be a uniform decision. If I think if everyone, it's either everyone plays at the same time or chaos happens. And we recorded a podcast earlier this week discussing that very thing of, you know, if the Pac-12 doesn't, play football when everybody else does, they could be putting themselves in a weird, difficult position. Um, let's go now to the fourth model that we've kind of seen thrown about, and that's start late, conference only with fans, season ends as it's regularly scheduled to end, meaning basically the month of September is wiped out, and October is when the year starts for college football. From an Oregon perspective, they would play only conference games in October and in November, so maybe in maybe the first week in December. Um, and yeah. and you, you get nine conference games or ten conference games, some kind of number that you come up with, and you play your conference championship, and then you, you figure out the Bulls and the college football playoff uh, if that happens at a later time. But everything kind of ends on time. The The, the – the athlete that's got aspirations for playing at the next level, for instance, Penny Sewell, his season ends 
as it normally would. And his training to get ready for the NFL draft in 2021 doesn't get impacted. The college athlete that's returning to school still gets a full off season. So if you get, if you, if you tear your ACL in week seven of the season, you're still on track to potentially come back and be full go week one of the 2021 season. Whereas if you start late and you blow your knee out in February, you're not playing 2021. Like that's, that's just not going to happen. You may come back for the very end, but is it, is it worth it? And so I, I think this option gives a lot of stability. It doesn't really mess up any of the scheduling down the road of when you start the season for 2021 guys aren't playing two full seasons of football in the same calendar year, which could be crazy. Um, but it also eliminates some really big games. Yeah. I was just going to say my, my thing is if the scenario is scenario two, which is start on time without fans and eventually come back or start late conference with fans season ends on time. I'd rather, why don't you, let's just play those, non-conference games without fans then uh, because it's, if the conference slate isn't going to be impacted much at all maybe it's pushed back a week or two um, because we should say there are conference games currently scheduled in the month of September um, I would pick the option where you at least get to watch Oregon Ohio State play a football game even if it's without fans which pains me that that would be a possibility I think the reality is right now is we, we, we are all pretty reserved and resigned to the fact that that's more than likely what's going to happen is Oregon and Ohio State, if they do play, it will be without fans. But I choose the option where you at least get to play the games. Everybody's watching on television. It's still a huge event in September. I think people need something to get excited about. I'd, I'd choose that option over the one where you start around the same time with conference play and it ends on time, um, but you miss those non-conference games. And uh, I do think it would be interesting to, to kind of see – you know, and I think again the other thing, and we, we, you said the caveat to start here is, is how would this impact the, the conference postseason-wise if the rest of the country is doing something different? Um, and that's just kind of the reality of what is a concern, but we don't have an answer to that. So, but I think my my thing is if if we're going to start later and just play conference with fans, I'd rather you just play the non-conference games before without fans because at least those games would be played. And the last option that we're going to debate here is starting football in 2021 and basically over a two, over a one calendar year playing two football seasons at one time. This does include fans though. Um, I think from a one-off scenario, the month of March and April could be absolutely just Bonkers because you have <laughs> yeah. college football coming to an end and figuring out who wins the national championship. And at the same time, college basketball is playing and March Madness is going on. Um, but I, I think that could, it wouldn't be a death blow, but it would be a pretty brutal body shot to the sport of college basketball and the attention that it gets, uh, or that it would receive at that time. And I, I, I struggle with the fact of asking either, even pro athletes, I wouldn't ask this of pro athletes, of how brutal and taxing football is on the body to play two seasons in one calendar year. That just seems very, very difficult. I, I think the only way football in 2021 happens is uh, taking the 2020 season and playing it the early part of 2021 is if you shorten it in some capacity. 
Ben, I should say selfishly, I'm, you, you mentioned the basketball seasons ending around the same time as the football season. I'm like, that would be a occupational, that would not be good for Matt and I's sanity because we'd be working basically nonstop from January through um, April because you'd have men's and women's basketball games going on while football games, you'd have postseasons overlapping. That would be, um, it would be a lot of fun, but it would be. There, uh, there would be no sleep to be had. There would be no sleep to be had. And, and, I, and I'm not complaining because I'm getting plenty of sleep right now. I want to make sure the listeners know that there's not much uh, interrupting my sleep now, but, um, that would be interesting. And you're, and, and, and you're right about there are so, and this is something that Kevin Sumlin said last week, and, and I thought Brett made up some pretty good points about the realities of you start in 2021, that throws everything off. Because what what do you do with your spring football? Is that suddenly become a thing in July? And do you just turn is spring football basically just form into a slightly longer fall football camp in 2021? Maybe you start in mid-June and you just run it all the way through August, and there's your, you know, now, now you've got your equivalent number of practices, and, and then you play a full season after that. So basically you're saying that the student-athletes would play starting maybe January 1st. They'd be done by March. They have April and May off, and then they're practicing starting June, playing a season through you know, January. What, they get two months off and play two full seasons? That seems, like you said, just absolutely crazy and ludicrous. And um, as, as much as this scenario does probably present the safest and best option in terms of they're talking about getting a vaccine. They're targeting kind of around this time next year. Once that comes into place, I'm again, I'm not a science expert, um, but my understanding, once that comes into place, it becomes a lot easier to do all this stuff, to get everybody vaccinated. It, be- it stops becoming quite as big of a concern. So playing in 2021 would make a lot of sense from that perspective, but big picture in terms of what happens long term, it could be a complete cluster and you could be looking at one of the weirdest calendar sport years. I mean, I, I had, I it would be wild. I just can't imagine you play a full season from January to like March. You have a couple months off, and then you ask them to start practicing and then play another season. I think that just seems like way too much from my perspective. Even though the model itself, in terms of starting men, probably makes the most sense. Okay, so the question now becomes, which one is is the most ideal? And I think. There's two for me that I lean towards. And, and first, I the one that makes the most sense to me and that I like the most is start the season late, conference only, with fans, season ends on time. Because you're not messing up the clock for any other event that college football has in 2021. The athletes are, are are training, and nothing with their training, you know, timelines changes. Guys who who will go off to the NFL, nothing is impacted there because I look at that as okay. Well, if you're going to play in 2021 and your season is not over until March, April, is a Penay Sewell, is a Trevor Lawrence, a Justin Fields, is it worth it for them to play college football? Then, and you could argue there's only a handful of guys that that would really impact, but we'll see guys that maybe shouldn't sit out, sit out. It happens every year, whether it's uh, a guy going pro when he shouldn't go pro, or if it's a guy reclassifying when he shouldn't reclassify. I mean, it's human nature, and I think that could create a problem. And but then I also you bring up a good point of if if. You're going to play conference games with fans, but you're going to start late. You might as well just play the games 
in September without fans in attendance be on time and then and you just bring the fans back once the season, you know, once it's deemed okay. And maybe maybe that's November and and maybe that's it doesn't happen in twenty twenty. But at least yeah. you, you're still on track with the season. I, I would fall with the idea that you're going to play games that finish on time. And that's what I would want to look at first and foremost. Yeah, I agree. Um, but the reason why I pick conference only is because Ohio State, Oregon, and then Oregon at Ohio State, that, those are games that are created for the, for the programs, but for the most part, for the, for the fan experience. And you're taking away opportunities that it's unfair to Oregon that Ohio State comes to Austin, doesn't play in front of fans, doesn't have the hostile environment. Oregon's fan base doesn't get to in, uh, enjoy that moment, that particular game, that atmosphere, what have you. And then on the, the next season, Oregon goes to Ohio State and has to play in the horseshoe with 100,000 fans, and their fans get that environment. It, it, I don't think it's fair, and so that's why I lean personally with – just play conference games only and every non-conference game that you've got scheduled contractually agreed upon on the books with another school, that game just gets pushed back a year. So Ohio State at Oregon gets played in 2021. Oregon at Ohio State, which was supposed to be 2021, gets played in 2022. And I think in 2022, Oregon is playing at Georgia. Um, that moves to 2023 and, and so forth. It comes, I think we're on the same page. I'm, I'm guessing most people listening are too in terms of coming down to the two choices you just mentioned. And I probably lean more on the start on time without fans concept and, and play those games even though it's going to be in a largely empty stadium. I understand your point in terms of the, the, you know, the fairness equity of if you're talking about Ohio State fans getting to support their team in 2021. This is probably the one time where you kind of wish Oregon actually would have hosted the game the second, you know, had the return trip rather than um, the first one, but that's where we're at right now. Um, I, I understand that point, but I, I, I just think, it, you know, and, 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 and I should say, I'm also would be totally on board if what you are suggesting of pushing everything back one calendar year is on the table. And I don't know if it is. I'm sure that's something that's being discussed out there. That sounds like that would be, to me, that seems like that would be very complicated and probably quite a bit of work to get that accomplished. But if you could find a way where the scenario, the last one you talked about where you just push everything back a year non-conference wise, I think that'd be great. And you play this year as a conference. I could be totally set there. I just would hate to lose a game with Ohio State, even if it's not going to be with fans in the stadium. I just hate to lose that opportunity for, for Oregon um, to potentially maybe the fact that maybe it plays into Oregon's favor weirdly that there's nobody in the stadium and, and they can go out there and actually win the game and that is a huge momentum shifter for the program. I would just hate to lose those type of opportunities um, with the season. And frankly, I kind of think right now, at least, that feels like what I think will probably happen is we will start a season on time, and it'll be a season that probably doesn't have fans in the stadiums, at least for the first three, four, five, maybe six home games, maybe. I don't know. And I think it'll be interesting to see, like, there's a lot of things to discuss here because, like, what if you have a state, and we talked about it earlier, where I think Arizona's a little bit more easy to open up. What if the Wildcats and the Sun Devils are the two schools in the whole conference that have an actual home field advantage 
for these games and you go and you say so you play Washington State one week on the road and there's nobody there and the next week you're going and I know the schedule is all jumbled up and this isn't right but and then you're going to go and you're going to play at Arizona and suddenly you're in front of 80,000 fans and they're the only one of the only two schools in the conference with that advantage um, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here but there's so much to be considered here with everything but um, yeah if you could push everything back a year like you were talking about to kind of get back on topic um, I think that would be the way to do it. But if that's not on the table, I think I'd rather just play the games this year without fans. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this discussion. A lot of good options out there. I think Eric and I tried to, to at least provide some clarity of what we think could happen and um, the benefits and the cons of all of those models that we've seen thrown out there. Um, if you've got your opinion, drop in on the comment section. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify or however you listen to the podcast and make sure to take advantage of the text alert system on duckterritory.com. Get all the breaking news sent directly to your phone within seconds to minutes of it happening and get notified right away of, of some breaking news that happens. Also, if you're not a subscriber to duckterritory.com, consider doing it. You can get it as low as $1 for your first month and then $9.95 thereafter that. So lots of options to be on duckterritory.com. Lots of positives. Uh, thank you for listening to this edition of the Odds and Audibles podcast. For Eric Scopel, myself, Matt Brain, we'll talk to you soon. Adios, amigos.